awesome service so far, worshiping God, amen? I love the Lord. We were singing, I'm calling on the God of Jacob. That is something historical for us to remember as Christians. He is the God of Abraham. He is the God of Isaac. He is the God of Jacob. He is the God of David. He is the God of whoever has led you to Christ, your family members. He is our God, and we're passing down that history to our kids that they may believe this is the one true God. Church, as we begin today, I just, uh, I, I can't get over uh, our mission service Tuesday night. And it, it's a weird thing. We, we have a missions council that, that brings in missionaries that are our missionaries for our, our denomination. And uh, they kind of rotate around and we're supporting some here. But whatever we do, when we give, I want you to know when you give an offering here, a portion every Sunday goes to world evangelism. It goes to support these missionaries. So we had Bill Kwan here uh, Tuesday. I meant to say Tuesday if I didn't say Tuesday. Bill Kwan, we have a picture of him here. He is the district superintendent of Southeast Asia. And, and when I saw it, I, I sat down with him in my office and I said, uh, show me what that means, Southeast Asia. And he shows me this huge area of several countries, massive area. And basically, as a district superintendent, this kind of a new region, uh, he goes around and they establish churches and he oversees that. People that are called to serve, they, they ordain people, they send out ministers, new churches are being established. Uh, one church is so far away, it takes two days to get there. Uh, he said, if you could just go right over the mountain, you'd get there pretty quick, but you've got to go around the mountain to get there. And that's the kind of traveling he is doing. Now, he shared with us his strategy. They select men and women who go out uh, to different countries to look for, this is their strategy, to look for a Lydia. And Lydia is someone who you will find in Acts chapter 16. There was people who already were worshiping God. They already kind of believed, kind of like the disciples of Jesus Christ. They were not atheists. They were not unbelievers. They were looking for God to show up. And Paul came and preached to them Christ. And a church is established. And this Lydia becomes the leader of the church. And so they go and they look for people. And he gets a text one day from this guy that he sent into uh, Myanmar. Uh, the, uh, I think it's the Shan state of Myanmar. And he gets this text. If you guys would scroll forward, I want you to see. This is what's radical. Um, the picture on the left is the text he got from this guy and said, I found our two Lydias. Now we're sitting in there, we're like, huh? Those are toddlers. And, uh, and, and even uh, Bill said, I had my doubts. <laughs> you know? uh, and lo and behold, moving through these two kids, they established a church. And within four months, they had almost 40 people. And that's the way God is moving around the world. He said, that's how much they have right now. He said, that was a year ago. That picture was taken a year ago. Uh, I'm inspired by these stories. I am encouraged by this as a pastor. I love to hear stories of God moving in war-torn areas, impoverished areas. They said in, in one country they were in, they were, the government was not giving out oxygen. So uh, our, our missions, um, the, the way we give money to fund was able to bring in oxygen with those struggling with COVID in these war-torn, these, these impoverished areas. It's always wonderful to hear people answering the call of God on their life and sharing the good news around the world. Now in North America, we've kind of moved into defense mode, um, though we need to defend the truth, which has been passed down from the beginning. We as the church have to go back into the offensive. 
Um, we, we, we need to defend the truth, yes, but we need to get back out there where we're sharing the gospel on a regular basis. It's not always about arguing for the truth. It's about telling people about Jesus Christ that they may be saved and be a part of His mission in the world. And for us to do that, uh, we have to have people who are called and committed to Christ's mission. That means God is moving in your life and you're willing to say yes to that. I, I want more than just saying I'm saved. I want to serve this mighty God. I want to see His, His mission fulfilled in the world. I want to see people saved from their sins. I want to see their lives radically transformed by the gospel of Jesus Christ. And here it is. I've shared this before. I've been praying for more people to step up and answer the call. I've been praying, Lord, I, I hope to have someone who is called to foreign missions one day. And we're starting to have more people say, uh, Pastor, I feel called to do this. I want more. And church, that's what we need today. Where we're stepping out of our comfort zone. We're saying, I want to serve Christ, whatever it takes. And I love this idea. I love the fact that Jacob is stepping forward in that. And he'll be establishing, as we're working to establish this REACH team, is a great move in the right direction. Amen, church? That we want to engage Casper. We want to lead people to Christ. We want to build up ministers. We want to see people people discipled in our community. Um, the mission takes people who are called and committed and willing to get out of their comfort zones. And that's what I'm going to share with you today. We're going to be looking at Mark chapter 1, just a few verses here to go along with what Mary read. Mary was sharing in the text that the gifts and the calling of God are irre irrevocable. I mean, God calls and He keeps calling. And He gifts you, and those gifts are to be used for His kingdom. So Mark chapter 1, if you would scroll forward, we're looking at verses 16 through 20. You can turn there in your Bible or look with us uh, on the YouVersion Bible app. Verse 16, passing along the Sea of Galilee, He saw Simon and Andrew, the brother of Simon, casting a net into the sea. For they were what? They were fishermen. This is their career. And Jesus said to them, follow me and I will make you become fishers of men. You can also see this in, in I think it's Luke chapter 4 or 5 when they leave their nets. And it says immediately they left their nets, they followed him. He calls them and they follow. And going on a little further, they saw James the son of Zebedee and John his brother. They were called the sons of thunder. They were wrestlers, <laughs> you know. Uh, what an awesome title, you know, the sons of thunder. But he calls them who were in their boats as well, mending their nets. And immediately he called them. They left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired servants and they followed him. Let's pray together. Father in heaven, we thank you for this wonderful time just to um, come and, and worship the one true God. We thank you for the way you're moving in our lives, in our church, our community, Lord, in our country. We thank you. You are the God who answers prayer. You are the one who hears us. And Lord, we, we pray that a revival breaks out, that more people are turning to you. More people are saying yes. But Lord, it starts with us as well. That we must say yes. And so today, Lord, I pray if there's anyone here who has not trusted in you yet for salvation, they say yes to you today. Lord, that they don't want the world, they want the Savior. And Lord, uh, even more, I pray that more are being called into this calling of sanctification where they're being made holy, they're saying no to sin and yes to you. 
that you're purifying them, Lord, that they demonstrate your holiness and love in their life, and Lord, that more are saying yes to the calling to serve. Lord, even if it's in the local church, Lord, in the community, in the world, that they say yes to you to serve, to win people to you, to glorify you. And we'll pray that you bless your words as they go forward. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, church, last week we learned um, that Christians are called to respond during hard times. Uh, This great salvation that we have received radically affects us and those around us. I should be transformed by this gospel, and people should see something in my life. My, my life should impact them. We should be helping those in need. And there are many holy acts of compassion that we saw in the early church and throughout history uh, where we are to learn to do the same. Uh, the early church was helping the widows when the famine struck. They took up an offering to give relief to those in need in Judea. And today, we're going to look at the very fact that God calls us, but we have to answer. Now, there's four calls that we can see in the New Testament. The fourth call will be a call that you cannot change. It is the call home to go to be with our Father in heaven. We're going to deal with the first three callings here. The first one I want you to see is the call of salvation. Luke 19.10, just a reminder, for the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost, that He is calling people to be saved. And everyone will be called by God to return to Him to be saved from their sin, to be saved from the world, to become a child of God. It's the very mission of Jesus. He came into the world to save sinners. Uh, And part of what we do is remind people that they are sinful. They need saving. And God has been calling people back to Him since the beginning. Um, In the book of Genesis, in the beginning, we learn about Adam and Eve in their innocence. Uh, They were given a command to test their love, to test um, their free will and love of God. And of course, we learn that they disobey God. They fall into sin. Sin is in the world. But in that moment in the garden, we read that they were hiding. Of course, they were afraid, but they heard the voice of the Lord. And I believe as Jesus is walking through the garden looking for Adam and Eve, and what does He say? Where are you? Where are you? Adam says, we were afraid, we were naked, we hid ourselves. But the thing is, is Jesus has been calling people from the beginning. And the call is, where are you? Where are you today? Are you lost? Are you running from God? Are you willing to say yes to Him, to come out of hiding? To come out of the shamefulness that you feel and say, God, I am right here. I hear your voice. I was afraid. I've been living in sin, but I need you. I need to be saved by you. This is the calling we have to answer. He calls us today. Where are you? This should be a convicting call where you sense it in your spirit. You hear the voice of God. We were talking about this in our college and career class today. What does the voice of God sound like? It sounds like often like your own voice in your conscience as you're reading the Word of God. But this is a spiritual thing that happens. As you're hearing a song on the radio, as you're hearing a sermon, as we're worshiping together, there's this conviction in your heart. It's something that God is doing spiritual to let you know the things that are wrong and what you need to do. It is a calling of your very soul. Uh, And if you haven't yet, you can answer and say yes today. Uh, there's many today that are kind of putting God on the back burner. They're, they're, they're waiting, and, and we need to say yes. What are we waiting for? What are you waiting for? I remember 
um, somebody in the church sharing about a family that was praying for them. It was a young family in the church, and they were trying to connect with new families, and the new family was kind of, you know, one foot in, one foot out. And there came a time when this family started praying for this other family and said, God, we pray that they quit playing games with you. We pray that they stop playing games, that they say yes to the calling on their life. And they did, church. And this is our prayer as well. We are praying that people stop playing games and say yes fully to Christ. If you say yes to him, he will forgive you of your sins. Uh, often we're choosing our own way. He shows you the path of life, his way, which is much better. Call on him. Have you called on him yet? The Bible tells us, the, the scriptures tell us, all the disciples were telling us, those who call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. All you have to do, yes, God, I need you, save me. There's another calling. It's the call to salvation, and there's the call to sanctification. Uh, and I don't want you to be afraid of that word. It's just a, the, a theology word that is used oftentimes with holy, holiness, sanctified, sanctification. And here it is. The apostle Peter tells us, but as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct. Since it is written, you shall be holy, for I am holy. Christ is saving you, and he wants you to be holy as he is holy. Jesus Christ is God, and he is holy. And for us to live like Christ, to live like him, we are to live holy lives. This is the call to sanctification. It refers to um, living a kind of life that God wants us to live. That when someone looks at what they see about Jesus in the Scriptures, and they look at your life, they should see some similarities. They should see that you are a lot more like Jesus than other people. And that this, as God is calling you into this, we've talked about this a few weeks ago, there's this, you know, you believe what next? You're stepping further into this calling where Christ is cleaning up your habits, your old ways of doing life, where there's sins in your life. Yes, I believed in Jesus Christ, but I'm continuing to do certain things that I didn't know were wrong. And the Holy Spirit convicts you of these things. You realize this is not right. Patterns, schedules, the way I do life. And He wants to make you holy as He is holy. This means more like Jesus and less like you. That people actually know that you are a child of God. There's no question about it. I would hate to die and have a funeral and people may have come co-workers and, and when they start talking about this person that they were a Christian and they were a part of the church and the co-workers would be like, he was? He did everything else we did. He showed up late sometimes for work, and he got drunk on the weekends. We'd go to the bar together. We did all these things. We wasted money. And here's something else, church. Digging into this a little further is that there are people, I had a pastor friend, you're doing a funeral for somebody, and then they get a call after the funeral, after you've celebrated their life, and a wife found something that she shouldn't have found on the phone and computer. Sanctification deals with that. That there should not be anything hidden anymore. That everything is brought to the light. That there's no secret pornography on my phone and inappropriate pictures and this kind of stuff. It means that I am a child of God and I'm giving Him all. He is making me holy. I'm not living a secret life as the world does. You're called through the Holy Spirit and we have to say yes to Him. As we're saying yes to Him, we're saying no to the things of the world. God has to get the sin out of our life. He has to change these habits and make you more like Him. And I, I guarantee you this, 
the more you are like Him, the more people will get saved. This is a radical problem in our culture. We've been inviting people to church. Why don't they come? Because they may see that your testimony is not what you're saying it is. That should put us all in check. Our neighbors watch what we do. They watch our patterns. They watch if we're getting up to go to church. They watch what you're doing on social media. All of these things should demonstrate a holy God that you're not like all these other people that say, I am a Christian in name, but I act just like everyone else. This is the parting ways of that. That I'm severing my way from the world. I am fully embracing the kingdom of God. Saying no to sin and yes to God makes us holy. A little further. There are people that have not said yes to the sanctifying work of Jesus Christ because you're addicted to something else. And, and this could be anything. This could be entertainment. The Lord, just, the Lord has done something new in my life recently where in the past this is radical. Um, I was addicted to watching movies and TV all the time. I've shared some of that with you. And when God called me and He sanctified me, those things were not important anymore. I mean, I didn't even go see Batman in the movie when it came out. And I was like, I didn't even know it came out. Because I was just focused on ministry and serving God. And somebody was like, did you see that movie? I was like, I love Batman, but I didn't even know the movie came out. But there was a time of, of grace where I was watching TV. We still watch movies. We love streaming and all those things. Um, but I think a lot of us today, we self-medicate. At the end of the day, we go home and watch all these shows. We stream all that, and we give too much time to it. This is the modern idol. There's a lot of good you can do with this. But this is what most of our culture is doing. And I want to explain something to you, how this works. The next thing, and the next thing, and the next thing. It never ends. There's not a stopping point. The next post, the next thing that somebody tells, and they're all telling you what to listen to, and what to hear, and what to think. And you've got to have a boundary. It has to be, I stopped. Where I'm going to something, if I'm going to be on this, and it's a version Bible app, I'm going to listen to a sermon. I'm going to watch something that encourages me in Christ and helps me grow to be more like Christ. You have to learn to put these types of things down to say no to all of that. There's some people today who have not been sanctified by Jesus Christ and made holy and said yes to that calling because you're still getting a little drunk once in a while. And this is what it is. I, look, I was in the Navy. I'm going to be, I didn't come out a preacher. I have a history. I've watched these things, and I've watched how God has worked in my life. I, I've shared a lot of these things. My wife and I, we have been very transparent. We did everything wrong first. And God had to tip it over, you know, and make things right again. And God had to work in my life. But there's people in Christianity that say they're Christian, and they say, I'm only going to have a couple. Or I can handle my liquor. I can have a few. And a few means you're still getting drunk. I know people that can't even have one because one turns into a case. And if you're still getting drunk on the side, that is going to keep you from being fully sanctified and following Jesus Christ and doing what He's called you to do. And everyone sees it. Your family, this is the thing, as God is sanctifying you, you've said yes to being saved and He's making you holy. Guess what your family is going to see? They're going to see a change. As you're being sanctified, you're made holy. You're not losing your temper at your kids. I love my kids. But sometimes you're like, and sometimes you're like, get your butt over. And sometimes you're like, oh, I'm sorry, come over here. Get your butt over here. But here's the thing, I'm not worried about it. Sometimes you need to tell your kid, get out of the road. But I love you. If you're losing your temper with your kid every single day, you're ruining your testimony. We're to be made holy, patience, 
Speaking kind to one another. Loving your spouse. Doing what Christ has called you to. This is the calling of sanctification. As God is making you more like Him. To not let sin reign in your mortal bodies. To be fully obedient to Christ. This is an ongoing battle, church. Christ is calling you to be more like Him and saying no to the world. Less like the world. Say yes to Him. The third thing I want you to see today is the call to serve. Isaiah 6, 8 Karen, this is part of Karen Mormon's uh, testimony of the Lord calling her, and she served in this um, helping young women in Montana for years, and she serves with us here now, and she's our missions president. But here it is. I want you to hear Isaiah 6, 8. And I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send, and who will go for us? Then I said, Hear my Lord, send me. Who else is going to go, church? Who else is going to say yes to the calling of God? And I want you to know that in this, if you go back and read this, read Isaiah chapter 6, God had to purify Isaiah. He came in, an angel comes in and has this purifying coal and puts it in his mouth to purify his speech and, his, and, and to sanctify him that he could be the serving prophet. When Jesus was on earth, he served. He was doing good. And if Christ is living in us, what do you think He expects us to do? That we're to do good. That we're to serve. That we're to say yes to the mission. We are saved and we serve. There is none in this, I am a Christian and I do nothing else. It is I am saved and I am being sanctified and I am serving. And some of those things, they, they run together. People are saved. God makes them holy and they're serving right out of the, the bat like that. I was kind of a slow work. Where God saved me at a young age, at age 11. And slow. Pro I'm a progressive sanctification guy. It's a process. You know, God is still kind of working on me, making mistakes along the way. Saying more yes to Him. Serving more along the way. God has called us to serve Him. Now, Isaiah was a prophet. Recorded in the Old Testament, and, and he had this profound, transforming experience where God, in, in front of this holy God, God presents himself to him. And he asks, who is going to go? Now, who's going to serve me? Who's going to do this mission? And again, here am I. I will go. I will do this. And, and I don't know what it is that God may be calling you to do. I, will not, I, will, I know this for a fact, that God called me and saved me at a young age. And there was all these this tugging on my heart. And this, I would come forward in church, I would pray, and there's this tugging to do more, and I didn't know how to, to deal with it. In fact, some of the church and uh, church over the years, they dropped the ball on some of this because they didn't know how to tell people what was next. That you're to live holy, you're to say no to sin, and here, maybe there's something you can do in the church. And you start serving in the church. God has given everyone a gift to serve within the body of Christ. All of you guys are gifted. You're either using your gift or not, but God has gifted and is calling everyone. Um, and one of the greatest things of saying yes to God is you discover this gift. Uh, you didn't know what it was. And I want you to know, this, a radical thing happened to me as God was sanctifying me and changing my life. He called me, out of all things, to be a pastor and a preacher. I remember my junior year in high school, I had to do a project with a girl. And I, I wanted to do the project because it was with a girl. And I was like, this is going to be kind of cool. 
And, and then we had to speak in front of people. And I was like, oh, no, we got to get in front of the entire class of 20 people. And, uh, and I remember the teacher said, whoever goes first will get an extra few points. I was like, me, <laughs> I'll go first. We're done, sat down. Thank God for extra points. Um, I didn't want to be in front of people. I didn't want to speak. And God started calling me and doing this. And he's telling me, you have to go and speak. And you have to learn what it means to be a shepherd. And I went to my pastor at this little church I've shared with you guys time and time again that first year in 2003. God called me to preach. And I told my pastor, I preached my first sermon in May 2003. And he said, this is my pastor, Craig Curran from Creedmoor, North Carolina. He's got that. He's got his own accent. It's even more country than country. Um, grew, grew up farming. Loved this guy. Uh, helped us along the way. But he, he, he brought me in front of the church. And he said, uh, we have one that's called to preach. Y'all pray for Derek. And he gave me an opportunity to preach. I preached my first sermon on a Wednesday night. I was so nervous. I did it on a legal pad. And every time I flipped the page, I was like, whoosh, whoosh. I said, um, after every word, um, Jesus, um, believe in God, um, don't sin. <laughs> you know, uh, I remember, I, I actually, somebody had recorded that and I didn't know. And they said, hey man, we found your first sermon. Let's do it. I was like, <laughs> but to be honest, looking back, people heard the message of Christ. I didn't know what I was doing, just God was moving. People came up to me and said, that message spoke to me that night. God was working through my life. The night that I preached, Craig brought me forward. So Derek's called to preach. He's got a tough road to hoe. Y'all pray for Derek. Because um, God called him late in life, so he knew, he knew what that was like. Um, now, we have to say yes. And here it is, when I said yes, and I'm, I'm learning, I'm trying to figure this thing out, I'm being sanctified, I'm saying yes to the calling of God, I'm moving forward in these things. And I started calling friends from high school and telling them. It was some of the most awkward conversations. Because there were people that were always calling me, hey man, you want to hang out? And hang out and party. And even when I was married and had kids, people would say, hey man, you want to? I was like, dude, I'm married, I have kids. I wasn't even living for Jesus, I was like, you're nuts. Uh, but I started calling people and saying, God has called me to preach. And I remember calling my dad. Um, my dad had uh, taken us to church did the best he could. As a, and when we were young, uh, he, he walked away from Christ for a while. He was kind of coming back to church. He was attending a church. And when I said yes to Christ, my dad started serving in a church, being more faithful, and became a deacon in the church. And over time, my dad became a pastor. I have a friend who is serving in a church. I told him something I did, and I called him to apologize. And over time, he said yes to God. He's part of a church, and he's been serving in a church, and he preaches, and he sends me his messages. You would be surprised how this, little, this calling on your life can impact others and telling them, God is calling me to do this, and I think he's calling you as well. You just have to say yes. Now, not everyone is called into full-time service in the church. Not everybody is called to preach and pastor a church. Now, the early 12, they left their nets, they left their responsibilities, they were fully full-time ministry following Jesus Christ. You learn of Paul in the New Testament who also worked a job, he was bivocational. There's all kinds of ways of doing this. Not everybody's called to leave their career. Um, my older brother will tell you that God blessed him with knowledge to have the job that he has that he can help financially support the church. And when we were at a funeral... For my mom, uh, the pastor uh, was giving a testimony and, and preaching the service for my mom. And he said, now Derek is a preacher. And he said, Jonathan, you're just a helper in the church, aren't you? And we, 
We were laughing. It's like Jonathan teaches, and he's been speaking for years, teaches apologetic seminars, brilliant, been serving, uh, you know, gives to the church. And I was just like, huh, just a helper. Helpers make the mission happen. It's not just preachers. It's not just pastors. It is the helpers that say yes to the calling of God on their life to be committed to the mission in the church. Now, how do you know when God is calling you? And this is the way it is. There's always this inner urge. There's this tugging. When, when you're saved, there's something working in you where you realize there's, there's sin in your life and you, you, God reveals that you need Him and you say yes and you're saved. There's this urge that you need to change your life when God is calling you to sanctification, when He's making you holy. When He's calling you to serve Him, there's this urge that I'm to do more. There's this urge, this what's next? And uh, you can come and say, God is calling me to do something, whatever it is. This is what we did. We just said yes in the beginning, whatever it was. I remember Craig coming to me and asking me, I've shared this many times before, Derek, um, can you usher? Can you help with ushering? I mean, this was a ragtag group of 20 that grew to 30, that grew to 40, that grew to 50, that grew to 60, on up past 100. And, uh, and I was just willing to do whatever. I said, said, sure. Then he asked me, can you pray? Would you be willing to pray over the offering? And I was like, what? <laughs> you know, and uh, I remember praying, you know, and what I did is I just said everything Craig would say in a sermon, you know, or, or, or a prayer. And uh, we started doing that. We did book keeping for a while. Um, for a while, we were, we were serving in children's ministry. For years, we were the children's ministry. You know, we were the only ones who had kids. Me and Jessica took turns watching them. We did whatever it took. Jessica led VBSs. I began teaching Sunday school. Whatever it took, we said yes to those things. And along the way, God shows you what it is. It may be one of the things that we need the most, people that show up and help set up and clean up and just fill in the gaps. It doesn't mean you have to speak in front of people. It just means you're saying yes to allow this mission to happen. God is urging you, what can I do to help and to serve? Just jump in and do something. All of this was new. All of it was awesome. Uh, we were saved. We were serving. God is sanctifying us. And, and God is calling us, all of you, to do the same. That we have to answer that call. Uh, not just think about it. I'm going to ask Jay to come as we prepare to close and whoever else needs to come. Um, this is what I want to leave you with today. In the past, uh, people heard the gospel. Um, they came forward. They cried out to God. Maybe a sinner's prayer. Somebody led them through a prayer. Uh, maybe they came to an altar. And there was this, this cry to God, this heartfelt prayer to be saved. Uh, that was in the past. And today, things are kind of different. And this is how... It looks a lot of people are hearing the call of God on their life. And this is what they're really saying. God, I'll think about it. I'm thinking about it. I need to wait a little while. And before long, years passed. Decades. And because you've said no to God, your life is filled with sin. So today we say... I encourage you to say yes to the calling of salvation. A, a professor at a seminary was asked, how have seminary students changed over the years of your ministry? And he answered, the ministry students of today do not have a vivid, unmistakable call of God upon their lives. That means even along the way where they're saying yes, they don't even really know what they're saying yes to.
But we can make that right. It's been explained, the call of salvation. If you're in sin, you need to say yes to God to be saved. If you're saved, you answer the call to be made holy, to be sanctified. And through this all that God is calling us to say yes to serving Him, whatever that may look like. So as we close today, church, we're going to open the altars for you to come and pray. We're going to sing together. Whatever you want to do, come and say yes to Him. Let Him save you. Let Him sanctify you. Say yes to serving Him. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we thank you for the way you move mightily. Lord, I pray that you move your spirit in a mighty way in our hearts and our lives and in our church. Lord, the way you're moving in, in these, these war-torn areas, these impoverished areas around the world. Lord, that we're not just on the defense, Lord, that we are moving out and sharing the gospel with others. Lord, that you open more doors for us to serve, to share. Lord, that we are saying yes to your holiness. Lord, make us a holy people. That people see Jesus Christ in our lives. And Lord, for those here today, I, I pray that they said yes to you. Those who need to be saved. Lord, those who need to be made holy and sanctified. Those who need to serve. Whatever's next, Lord, let them take that next right step. Saying yes to you and no to the world. In Jesus' name, amen. Church, let's give him glory. Praise his holy name. All right, if you want, you can stand with us. This is the benediction. You know, I've shared with you, I share from numbers that um, the Lord bless you and keep you. I, I share that every night with Emma. I've been sharing a new thing because when Emma was baptized, she's been telling random people, I got baptized, you know. <laughs> awesome, I love it. Um, but she said, also, Dad, we're supposed to make disciples, aren't we? And so she's learning the Great Commission. So at night, we've been saying this. What did Jesus say? All authority has been given to me on, in heaven and on earth. Amen. Go, therefore... And make disciples, and this is her fun part, she likes to repeat, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to be obedient to all things. And I am with you to the end of the age. That is the benediction today, church, to go and make disciples. Go in grace and peace. You are dismissed. God bless you. Amen.